The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, a newly published ESRI report contends that house prices could drop by as much as 12% if Ireland's current construction output is increased by about 10,000 units per year right through until 2030. But how feasible is this target? Edgar Morganroth is a professor of economics at uh, DCU. Edgar, you're very, very welcome to the show. I mean, that sounds great on paper. Uh, I'm not sure if we can hit the targets as they are currently constituted. Can we knock on an extra 10 every year between now and 2030? Good afternoon. Uh, Pleasure to be on your show again. Um, So this is a really interesting study, uh, and it's quite comprehensive. There's quite a lot to it. Um, And and they... The authors show very clearly how we're still lagging well behind uh, uh, construction activity uh, in 2007. So the potential is there. We did it in 2007. Um, one of the big, uh, uh, you know, they, they look at a, at a couple of very interesting aspects to this, uh, and then they use a, a model um, which makes sure that this is all consistent and um it kind of captures the main mechanisms that are actually operating in the economy. And what they show, uh, which I found very interesting, uh, is that if we did uh, increase housing uh, construction by 10,000 units, there wouldn't be that much additional inflation in the in the in the cost of construction, at least not on the wage part. Uh, but of course, there would be this big. A reduction in in prices that would take a, a, a couple of years to start, but it, as you say, uh, minus twelve percent, very substantial. Um, so, so this kind of proves the point that has been made by by economics uh, profession uh, and and has been shown in in, in numerous studies that if you increase supply, mm. you will impact prices. Uh, some people without any analysis seem to uh, doubt that. Uh, but ultimately, that kind of argument is very much like pop talk. Uh, you know, uh, show me your paper and show me your analysis and then we can talk about it. But they don't generally have any anything to show. Um, but I mean, what you said there, if you increase supply, I assume if you increase supply sufficient to meet demand and the question needs to be asked whether 10,000 extra units every year between now and 2030, I mean, whether that would even be enough. And that's a very, very good point, because obviously there is a bit more to to, to the housing market, to prices uh, or price formation than simply supply. Uh, demand obviously uh, plays a huge role. And, and one of the things that we've seen, and this is very different to other countries, uh, like Germany, for example, we have a growing population. So uh, we actually need to create new housing just to stand still. Uh, and what we actually need to achieve is a level of house building that exceeds the sort of steady state of keeping us where we are right now. Um, and so we need to accelerate house building uh, considerably to see actual house price uh, reductions. Um, but the, the, the sort of counterfactual is that, you know, if we didn't build the extra 10,000, what would happen to prices? Uh, and, uh, you know, with a growing uh, economy, with mm-hmm. a growing population, prices would keep on rising. And that's that's the important thing. Uh, you know, once you take account of all the other factors, additional supply 
will reduce prices. Well, okay, I, I want to ask about, about some aspects of that, including like labour and labour shortages in just a moment. But let me introduce um, Aidan Regan as well, Associate Professor in Political Economy in the School of Politics and International Relations at UCD. Aidan, I mean, do you think that the housing targets as set out by this in conjunction with the Housing for All plan are enough? No, I don't think so. I think, um, I mean, I think, I mean, it's very hard to get an exact figure on this. I mean, the Department of Housing have put out a number of 33,000 houses or homes, let's say, are required because of demographic population change. So the baseline model of DSRI kind of says, look, we're building 25,000. You put 10,000 on top of that, you get 35,000. Compound that over time. In 10 years' time, house prices might fall by 12%, all else being equal. So you have to rely on that 33,000 number figure. And I mean, I don't think so. I, I would actually agree with Ronan Lyons of Trinity College, who kind of estimates that anything between 40 to 60,000 new homes are required to um, to match basically population change. And I think, you know, as, as Edgar just said, like Ireland is quite unique given our strong population growth. So so I, I, I would find it hard to believe that 35,000 extra homes, which again is quite difficult to achieve in itself, uh, would have that type of price effect because it would have to assume that the existing requirement is 33,000. And I would say you'd have to be building about 60,000 every year if you're going to have any kind of dint on prices. Well, let's say the number is, you know, 50, 55, 60,000, whatever it happens to be. Let's assume by next Monday there's consensus on how many we need to build per year between now and 2030. I mean, like, it's one thing having the target on paper, it's another thing hitting the target. And Edgar mentioned 2007. Like, Aidan, do, do, do we have the builders to hit those types of targets? I think that's actually what the, 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 the CSR report is, is actually... I mean, the, the newspapers picked up the headline about the 12% figure. Mm. I'm not sure that was really the core of what the paper was about. It was more about the kind of impact on construction. And I think that is the crucial question. Do we have the capacity, the construction capacity? And there's, there's so much else going on there as well, Kieran. I would just like to push back a little bit again. But Edgar said a moment ago that there's people out there who don't believe supply matters. I don't think anybody believes that. The question is what type of supply, at what level... What macro analysis are you, are you kind of working off, right? What's going to happen to the mortgage market? What's going to happen to the extent to which people can access credit? What's going to happen to earnings and income? What if all of a sudden all the tech companies disappear, you know? There's so much other things going on there that are likely to feed into the price dynamic that it's highly spatial, highly localized. And as somebody who has immersed himself in the literature and economic and geography and housing geography for a couple of years now, because I'm working on a big project on this stuff, the one thing I take away from all that is housing is highly spatial. It's highly localized. It's very hard to make kind of large-scale macro analysis. It is true if 100, 200,000 homes suddenly came on market tomorrow, it would have a massive impact on prices. It would be absolutely fantastic, you know? But that's just not reality. That's not how these systems work, you know? So do we have the builders? No, at present we don't. How do we get them? Invest in all those vocational training schemes to get people working in construction. Uh, yeah, but th- I mean, that that's... I don't know how long it takes to train as a carpenter, electrician, block layer, whatever it happens to be. But, you, you know, you're talking about a long-term plan there. Yeah, and I I mean, I suppose, how have other countries adapted to it? It's basically importing construction labour. I mean, somebody mentioned, Edgar mentioned Germany, which is an interesting case here too. I mean, Germany relies heavily upon Bulgarian construction workers. Edgar, is that what we have to do? I mean, yes, I think everyone would agree what Aidan is suggesting that, you know, long term you invest in those trades and vocations. But while you're waiting for all of that to come to fruition, is it importing the skills? Uh, 
Uh, again, the, the, the paper actually deals with that uh, and looks at a number of different aspects to it. And, and one of it, uh, certainly if we want to want to affect uh, a, a sort of change in, in uh, completions in, in construction activity, is, is ultimately uh, having to bring in uh, labour. And, and as Aidan said, uh, you know, Germany relies, uh, not just Bulgarian, actually Polish builders are very, you know, my, my sisters after doing some work and they were all Poles uh, working on her house. Um, so, so that is, that is a short term solution. Uh, in, uh, but there are other aspects to this. Um, if you look at the construction sector in Ireland, it is unusually low productivity um, uh, compared to other countries. So are there issues that we could uh, tackle to actually increase the output from the existing number of workers? Um, uh, the, the, the construction methods could be uh, improved in, in that uh, space. So there are other things than just simply the labour side that we need to. Okay, so can you about. can you expand on what? Like, what do you mean? How would we increase productivity without increasing the number of workers? Like, what what do we do uh, so on construction the, the sites that are not build, done in Europe? So, so a lot of a lot of our buildings are are uh, you know require block laying. Uh, there's a lot of construction in many many European countries that doesn't either. With it because it's timber frame or it's pre-cast uh, concrete walls that are actually put together uh, with a crane on site, uh, which allows you to to uh, work off-site in, in a, essentially a factory setting uh, uh, with much more productivity. Uh, you don't have downtime with bad weather and so on. Uh, there are all sorts of solutions there, and they, they've been around for a long, long number of years Um, um you know, again, personal experience of a cousin who's an architect, uh, and you know, he, I don't think he, any of his houses are actually built with 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 blocks. Uh, they're they're alternative methods used, mm. and and uh, the average price is lower as well, which is another benefit from this. Aiden, is that something we should be looking at? I'd, I'd wager that uh, Edgar's cousin's experience is the exception rather than the norm. I'd say most, you could place, take a block layer and pull them out of the 1970s, plop them on an Irish building site today and it'd look pretty much the same. This is a cousin in Germany, by the way. So oh, well, there, maybe he's the norm, maybe he's the norm, in, there, Ger- right? maybe he's the norm in Germany, but the exception here. I mean, actually, I, I was in Berlin last week for a couple of days for a workshop and I was actually hugely impressed. I mean, I was talking to some builders and was just looking at some construction sites. And it is true, for example, Germany is much more advanced in terms of how it uses new technologies. Its, it's building industry is much more competitive. We could talk all day. Why is that the case? It's the same in Spain, for example. I don't know, like, for example, in Ireland, why is it the case that we tend, tend to be reliant? I mean, the, the construction sector is not very competitive. There's a couple of big kind of big guys who kind of monopolize large amounts of the market, right? There's probably not enough smaller, medium-sized building constructing firms in the market. They can't access finance. So Mm. it's not just access to to kind of labor skills. Labor is also a question of accessing finance, you know? And and because our banking sector is still structurally recovering from the last financial crash, and of course, all of this conversation has to be prefaced on the fact that we had this massive house price boom bust uh, over these years. So we're kind of very unusual and we're dealing with the effects of this and and so on. So why can't small, medium-sized firms get access to finance to do the type of construction that you would expect those type of firms to be doing, as you see elsewhere in yeah, continental but Europe? I, I, we, you know? we, we often, 
hear calls for you know tax breaks for developers or reductions in VAT for owner-occupier homes. I wonder, is that maybe where the conversation should go, that if you were to introduce an incentive that it's targeted, it's, you know, it's for the use of, is it ICF? Isn't that where they kind of, they, they pour the concrete on site in between those timber frames or just a timber frame house or the precast concrete in a factory, that we're not offering the same incentive uh, be that true income tax or VAT or anything else to somebody who's just going the old traditional block laying route? Timber frames are the way forward here. I mean, I think I think the timber access and, you know, many people have talked about this and probably a useful com- contribution to this conversation was actually get somebody who has these practical know-how skills in the, in the construction industry to contribute here. But, you know, it, it, this is one of the things. Why are we not using more timber frames, for example? Is it an import cost? Is it too expensive to do? Well, concrete is clearly very expensive as well. Uh, so Edgar, I'm sure, can speak more concretely to the price of these things and the price of imports. But, yeah, the short answer to your question is, Kieran, I don't know. But we certainly should be adapting to these pretty basic new technologies that are being rolled out everywhere elsewhere and will clearly have an improvement in cost. Edgar, quick final word. I mean, financial incentives I, I, to adopt these new technologies, is that the way forward? Uh, Maybe, but I, I just generally think we're, we're too quick to jump to financial incentives uh, uh, more generally. I think there's, there's one fundamental thing that uh, a lot of us have been uh, calling for for a long time, and that is certainly on the social housing side, uh, uh, the government to directly uh, build, and that gets us over some of the financing costs, for example. Um, mm. the, the, that is, I think, the, the elephant in the room, and, and that needs to be tackled. And, and they're already, because it's social housing, saying government already has to intervene in the market it has to it has to subsidize people uh, so let, let's at least solve that one directly and that's going to help solve the other issues we have in the in the housing uh, market maybe not entirely but it's certainly going to make a contribution to that Edgar Morganroth, Professor of Economics at DCU and Aidan Regan, Associate Professor in Political Economy in the School of Politics and International Relations in UCD. Thank you both very much. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.